Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Saturday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode here today, and we're going to be talking all things Reggie Miller, but joining me to do that, he's no stranger to the show because he's here all the time. It's the one and only Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, what's going on, brother? Hey, nothing much. Yes, we're here to talk about Reggie Miller because he had a recent birthday, but it turns out he's not the only one with a birthday. Alex, you buried the lead. Tell everybody today, did you or did you not turn 30? Brother? I am officially 30 years old. Goodbye, 20s. Hello, 30s. And I will say this, not to get too sentimental, but looking back over the last 10 years and what I did with my 20s, the best moments of my life happened in my 20s, without a doubt. I will also say some of the worst moments, probably the worst moments in my entire life happened in my 20s as well. So it definitely was a lot of ups and downs, but more ups than downs. And I am excited because this podcast took off in my 20s and uh, we're having a blast doing it, Fachi, and I've you know, I, I couldn't pick a better co-host to do the show with. Wow, I am truly touched. I feel the same. <laughs> we are on quite a run. The the best, though, is yet ahead. So yes, let's hope that, you know, maybe when you turn 40, we can revisit it and you got a statement saying that your 30s was your best run. Because, yeah. man, hey, I'm honored to be talking Pacer basketball with you on your birthday. And we got a very fun one today for the listeners. Yeah, so today we're actually going to be looking at the top 10 moments in our book. We came up with a consensus list here, the top 10 moments of Reggie Miller's career. It's always fun to see the highlights every single time his birthday comes around on August 24th or whenever the the moment happened, you know, in Madison Square Garden, all those great moments that those videos get shared. But we wanted to come up with our top 10, maybe some of the ones that get overlooked, Fachi, because Reggie Miller had so many clutch moments in his NBA career. This list would be 25 moments long if we included all of his game winners. There just is not enough time in an episode to talk about, you know, game winners that happen maybe in the playoffs early on or maybe in the regular season. Left and right, this man was as clutch as they come. And it just feels like years later, you, you have more of an appreciation for Reggie's clutchness because there's guys like, hey, look, we talked offline. Paul George, great player, but he lacked the clutch gene. Reggie, that clutch gene was more evident than ever than any other gene out there. This man loved the big moment. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that we miss about, you know, the Pacers today is just having that go-to guy. And you know what? I'll say this. Even though we're probably, like, not as high on him anymore, but 
that 17-18 season gave you a lot of great memories there with Victor Oladipo and the game winners he had, even some in 18-19 before he got hurt. So, you know, I always go back to that Boston Celtics game winner that he had, and you got Quinn Buckner going, another one, another one. You know, that was an iconic moment. But that is for today's, you know, modern NBA Pacer fan, I guess you could say, the today's generation Pacer fans that really didn't get a chance to see Reggie. Me and you were pretty young when when Reggie was kind of doing his thing against the Knicks. So uh, we kind of live in those memories. We were alive for him, but barely. <laughs> so, uh, but the, the the memory lives on, and so does the legacy. But I think we should get started here, Fachi, with number ten. So, what what do we got here at number ten? So, number ten. This is arguably the hardest because this is where you're breaking off into what's not making the list. But you know, when you and I were going back and forth, we thought Reggie and Jalen Rose scoring. 40 apiece against the 76ers in game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals in 2000. They were just the fourth set of teammates in NBA history to be able to do it. No Pacer teammates have done it since. And it's just, man, hey, if one guy could give us 40, that'd be great. That night, we had two. Yeah, and what's really cool is they both combined to go 10 of 15 on three-pointers and 16 of 17 from the free-throw line, Vachi. So, you know, Ooh. hitting 10 of 15 from three from uh, from three – during that era of basketball was not really known. Like in 2000 shooting 15 threes between two guys was, that was a lot of attempts. So I will say this, you know, this probably like, there's probably other Reggie moments we could have put on here above this. But one of the reasons why I was so enamored with this is because I I think people forget how amazing of a teammate Reggie Miller was. And, and this kind of goes to show you, like he had some great teammates, but he also wasn't afraid to let his teammates share the spotlight with him because we know some players, do have issues with that. They have to be the guy. They have to take that last shot, right? And not saying Reggie didn't take one here, obviously, but the fact that he had a teammate in Jalen Rose, you know, in, t- in the year 2000, that was that talented with him, I think it just goes to show, like, man, Reggie was an awesome teammate because he wasn't afraid to share the ball and, and get his teammates involved. Absolutely. I love when I look at these old clips and you just see, like, Sure, Reggie's the guy at that time, but yeah, you talked about you know, not being selfish and just how much his teammates loved being around him for that big moment. This time, he was able to share the stage while still bringing his own forty, you know, forty points. I mean, yeah. in the playoffs, it, it never mattered what the level was; he was always going to bring his A game. Eastern Conference semifinal underway as Reggie Miller opens with a three. Here's Miller for three. Yes. That is his third from downtown. Reggie Miller exploding for 14 points. Had it uh, rejected by Miller, and here's Miller breaking. Chased by Iverson, and Reggie Miller with 29 points. So the Pacers lead 88-78. 4.47 remaining in the fourth quarter. Indiana with the ball. Reggie Miller fires from way downtown. And then a little celebration. Six for nine from three-point land. Another three. Forty-eight for Reggie Miller as a follow-up to the 41 in game five against Milwaukee. Under a minute to go. And they have begun to celebrate here at Francisco. Make it 40 for Jalen Rose. 40 apiece for the combination of Jalen Rose and Reggie Miller. Let's move on to number nine, Fachi. What do we got? 
Uh, Reggie drops 38 on the Knicks while forcing overtime in the 1998 semifinals for game four. I mean, just to take it through it, like I said, drops 38, 13 to 14 from the free throw line, sends the game to overtime with a three-pointer. I mean, at this point, Reggie saves the day. Hits a three, just a few seconds left. Pacers end up outscoring the Knicks by 11. And, you know, they end up closing out the series shortly after. 1998, Alex, we've talked about it. One of the best Pacer teams of all time, despite not being able to, you know, get to the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, the reason this is a big game, it's it kind of reminds me of the finals when Steph Curry just went off against the Celtics. And he... he basically made the the th- the series lead go 3-1 instead of 2-2. And that's exactly what happened here. The Knicks would have tied the series up here and it would have been a 2-2 series. But with Reggie having this type of performance, going up 3-1, giving the Pacers that extra cushion in this season, I mean, that was huge for them because 1998, I mean, that was arguably from a lot of people, the Pacers' best roster ever assembled. So, uh, the Knicks were in a, a bit of a shakeup here with their lineup, but they had been playing well. And, you know, I just feel like every time it's us against the Knicks, Reggie versus the Knicks, it's always going to be a battle. It's always going to be a bloodbath, too, with the Davis brothers and Patrick Ewing. So, um, honestly, like the fact that he did this 38 points, 13 to 14 from the free throw line, um, the way he did it and how he did it was, was so impressive, Fachi. And um, I, I am just baffled by how many times Reggie Miller did this against the Knicks. Like, I can't imagine being a Knicks fan and seeing Reggie Miller's face. You can make a list just off of big moments from Reggie against the Knicks. He had that many. And when we're talking about this, you know, I growing up in New York, everybody always asked me, why are you a Pacer fan? Why are you a Pacer fan? My earliest memories of being a Pacer fan is Reggie versus the Knicks because everybody around me was a Knicks fan. But I just gravitated towards Reggie and his clutchness and a lot of those moments we're going to get into. But it just showed that years later, this man made a fan out of me. So it's it just the, the, the Knicks memories. I mean, those just go. Those are some of the fondest basketball memories we have of Reggie taking down the Knicks. Let me just read this for, for you from the L.A. Times. It said, with the Knicks leading Indiana by three Sunday, the lore grew when heartbreak picked another bad time to pay another strange visit. <laughs> Indiana Pacers center Rick Smith missed a shot. The Knicks, in hindsight now, wish he had made. Ewing didn't grab the rebound. He tapped it out. Chris Mullen, with the foot speed of a tortoise, beat John Starks to the ball. Mullen passed to Mark Jackson, who spotted Miller, of all people, wide open and lonely behind the three-point line. Sure, the busted play that may decide this series was two parts luck, but it was also one part clutch because of that of the moment, the pressure, most of all, the player who never passes up a chance to struggle the Knicks. Uh, it goes on to say, Reggie said, I think they were pretty stunned when I hit the three. So Miller hurt the Knicks from everywhere on the floor, inside the three-point line, beyond it, and from the free-throw line, he cracked the 30-point barrier for the seventh time in the playoffs against the Knicks with 38, none bigger than the three with 5.1 seconds left that turned the series. Poetry right there. I mean, man, they, when you hear that, I got, I got goosebumps. It really makes me feel like this guy still got it. I'd throw Reggie in there right now for a game winner if we had to. Because <laughs> ah, right now, I mean, hey, it, it, he's got as good of a shot as, as a lot of other players in this league. I'll say that, even at deep into his 50s. Jackson gets it. Shot clock is turned off. Pacers down three with the ball. Miller looking, finding Smith. Smith leads in, puts it up, won't go, tipped out, picked up Mullen, takes it to Jackson. Miller, a wide open three. It's good, it's good. Miller ties it with 5.1 left. 
one inning. What a sequence for the Pacers as they tied it at 102. Unbelievable. Now the Knicks still have 5.1 remaining. They were holding their breath as Miller knocks it down once again. He terrorizes the Knicks here at the Garden. Gets it in Allen Houston. Houston struggling with his dribble. Houston on the drive. The runner. Short. And there's the buzzer. Game is over. Overtime here in game four. Miller. That's a three. It's good. Reggie Miller from downtown. And it's a ten-point game. And that one just may have done it with 128 remaining. As the fans now heading for the exits here at Madison Square Garden. Reggie Miller torturing the Garden fans once again. A 10-0 run here in overtime. Let's move on to number eight. Fachi, what we got? Got the 40-foot bank shot against the Nets in the 2002 playoffs. I mean, this is one of the only word I can really think of improbable over here. One of the most improbable shots you'll ever see. Feels like Reggie doesn't even look at the hoop. He catches the ball with about three seconds to go and just shoots it up. It's a 40-foot three-pointer, banks it in. Forces overtime. No one's expecting it. And I mean, and Alex, I mean, should we get into the next moment that's tied into number eight? Or should we just first dissect the shot? I mean, I think we should dissect the shot first. Okay. Do we think that Reggie Miller got the shot off in time? It's very close. It's very, very, very close. My yeah. interpacer fan says I'm gonna have to say yes. Yeah, so I mean, so this game was just wild, Fachi, because the Pacers were an eight seed and the Nets were a one seed, right? I mean, that's one of the most impressive things. Now, the Pacers ran out of gas in this one, so they didn't win this one. I called this no, one the almost not. comeback. Mm -hmm. So don't want to spoil it too much. I think everybody knows we lost this series. But the yeah. fact that the Pacers were <laughs> that, you know, in it against a team that ended up making the finals that year, Fachi, I think that's pretty impressive. It really is. I mean, we're going to go through some other moments, but the Pacers as an eighth seed with Reggie Miller was still a dangerous team. And that's what Reggie was able to bring to the table. So I really love that. And we're talking about the 40-foot banked in three to force overtime. Well, Reggie wasn't done. In the same moment, uh, you know, the same number eight that we're talking about over here, Reggie ends up forcing double overtime by he catches the inbound pass. The whole Nets team has to respect the three-point, you know, three-point shot from Reggie because he just hit a 40-foot three. So everybody kind of eases up on him, and then Reggie just darts right by four Nets defenders and yams it on him. We're talking about Kenyon Martin, a really good shot blocker of his time, forces double overtime with this. We talked about, to no surprise, you know, that we've already spoiled it. The Pacers didn't win, but Reggie forces overtime twice in one game. That's insane. Yeah. So I'm going to read you another thing here from the New York Times, Fachi, because I, I, I'm just fascinated by these old articles that talk about this. So we're going to go back a little bit to the three-point shots. So I'm going to go a little bit before and then read my way up there. But it says, Kid, who fouled with 17, who was fouled with 17.3 seconds left, made two free throws to make it a 96-93 game. But the game didn't end there. The Nets are young and have never been playoff tested as a team, which was painfully evident by the rookie Richard Jefferson's costly gaffe. The Nets appear to be celebrating too soon tasting their advance to the second round. This is this is not something to do with Miller, a 12-year playoff veteran on the floor. Jefferson was fouled with 5.1 seconds remaining. At 71.1 a 71.1% free throw shooter, he missed both, giving Miller the life he needed. The Pacers had no timeouts, 
So they got the rebound off the miss and stormed up court. Miller got the ball, and with Kerry Kittles on him, spun and heaved a 39-footer that banked in at the buzzer, stunning the Nets. Television replays show that the red light went on before he released the shot, indicating the game was over, but the referees did not call it, and the game went to its first overtime. Miller sent the game to its second overtime with a driving two-handed dunk with 3.1 seconds left in the first overtime. So that's where I'm going to stop. But obviously, after that first overtime, like I said, they ran out of gas, and it was just tough because Kidd hits an off-balance jumper as the shot clock was about to expire, and it gave the Nets a 114-109 lead in double overtime with 110 left. The sellout crowd in Continental Arena was chanting MVP, MVP, and 90 seconds later, it erupted in delirium. So Reggie Miller, you know, end of his career pretty much, doing all that he can to take down these pesky, unexperienced, but really talented Nets team. Just wasn't enough, but a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And I know we're talking about the Nets over there. And be, oh, the Nets, they went to back-to-back finals yeah. during this stretch. So the Nets were a really good team. And this is the Pacers as an eighth seed still just saying, hey, we're going to give you everything we got. And when you look back and you watch the video, what I love is I love seeing a young Jermaine O'Neal just – just jumping around, parading around with joy, just hugging Reggie. Couldn't believe it. And it's just like, man, like, it's just, it really takes you back that anytime I could, you know, see Jermaine, find a way to tie him in there, I'm going to do it because he'll always be my favorite player. But the Reggie Jermaine duo right over there, just, I love seeing it, man. Kevin Alley brings it up, throws it across, Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. You have to foul in that situation. Now the officials are concurring. Bob Delaney signaled yes. Joe Crawford now saying, with the other official checking it, and they say yes. It beat the buzzer. And Reggie Miller does it again. No fouls to give. Miller gets past Kittles. Miller inside with the slam. Reggie Miller ties it with 3.1 remaining. He drove it to the rim. And he got the dunk. It's exactly what they wanted opened up. And Reggie was smart enough to understand we only need two. There he is jumping out on the three. Then he goes right around Kerry Kittles, who uses up no time off the clock to try to stop him. That's the threat of Reggie Miller. Let's move over to number seven, Fachi. What we got? Number seven. This gets slept on a lot. You really don't see this, this moment come up in many highlights. It's Reggie Miller's game winner versus 76ers in round one of 2001. So this is another time the Pacers are an eighth seed. Are you going to overlook us or not? Well, you better not because Reggie comes around a screen on the road and buries a three with just under three seconds left, a cold-blooded one, right in Allen Iverson's face. And what does he do next? He proceeds to put the clamps on him and strips one of the greatest scores of all time as the buzzer sounds. Yes, the the 76ers go on. They win the series, but they go on to the NBA Finals. So you're running into another team that's, you know, NBA Finals ready. And also this Pacers team, you know, think about it. It's right after the Finals run. There's no more Rick Smiths, no more Mark Jackson, no more Dale Davis. So this is – the Pacers didn't have those same expectations, but yet – they're still the Eastern Conference defending champs, and they let the 76ers know it that day. Man, I tell you what, this is really this is really interesting to listen to. So I'm, I've got another article up here. It says, 
After a miss by Rose, Eric Snow made a spinning layup with a minute 31 to play out uh, to play to put Philadelphia ahead 78 to 76. <laughs> Such low scoring games. It's crazy. So this was a slobber knocker of a game right here. So Indiana missed four shots, including three three pointers on its next possession. But the 76ers were unable to pad their lead as Snow and Aaron McKee missed jumpers, and O'Neal grabbed his 20th rebound with 11.7 seconds left. Miller, who has provided memorable performances in past playoff games against the New York Knicks, took a pass from Rose at the left wing and nailed the three-pointer uh, over the outstretched arm of Iverson to give the Pacers a one-point lead. After a timeout, the 76ers took the, took the ball at half court, but Iverson lost the ball with Miller guarding him as time expired. Miller was just 5 of 21 from the field, but had 17 points, 6 rebounds, and 4 assists. I thought this was interesting because Iverson was the league-leading scorer that year. MVP. Um, he was only 7 of 19 from the field and only scored in 16 points that game. So definitely not a, a pretty game there, but it was just interesting to kind of think about how low the score was. And basically nobody hit a basket for like the final 90 seconds. Yeah, I mean, but also you talk about Reggie struggling from the field. He saved his best for last, and that's what Reggie did. It didn't matter how many misses he had. He was always going to be ready with full confidence for that last shot. And you talked about it. He's going head-to-head with the MVP of the league. Mm. I mean, a Hall of Famer right over there. Hits the shot over him, gets the stop. I mean, you couldn't have asked for more. Once again, back-to-back moments we've talked about, the Pacers being the eighth seed, stealing. You know, basically stealing a game. Not, I know they didn't beat the Nets, but gave the, the one seed everything they could possibly handle when you really don't see that that much out of eight seeds these days. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. Like, this, I don't know what caused the Pacers. I forget, to be honest with you, like, why they were such a, a bad team. Uh, not a bad team, but, like, why they were eight seed because, like, they had the talent, it felt like, to be competitive in these series. So it's like they just didn't get it done in the regular season. I don't know if a lot of that had to do with the coaching changes or not. but A lot uh, of changes. You know, birds out. You know, you, you're trading a bunch of veterans that had been there. I think it was just, like, that awkward transition. Absolutely. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it was, was I saying Thomas the coach? That's probably why. Yeah. Terrible coach, right? Yep. Yeah, it did not work out. Don't raise on Rose. Don't waste time here. Jalen Rose out in front. Reggie for three. Number six, Vachi, what we got? The career-high 57 points against the Hornets. I mean, look, not much needs to be said other than that, but you still know I'm going to hit you with something else. So just to break it down, in the second and third quarter, in just over 15 minutes of playing, Reggie drops 43 during that span. So basically 43 in 15 minutes. It, it, it's just, in, in to break it down, in six minutes of the second quarter, he dropped 20. In the third quarter, he drops 23. So by the end of the game, he's got 57 points. The Pacers win 134 to 122. I mean, this this was Reggie going off for near 60. For anyone who liked to call him just a three-point shooter, I mean, that does not give this man justice because just three-point shooters aren't dropping near 60. And to top it off, he does it in 29 shots. He goes 21 of 23 from the free throw line. Mm. Also adds you. He gives you eight assists in that game, too, while scoring 57. How about that? I mean, Reggie Miller, like, he is a bucket, man. And I think people really forget, is. like, so 1992 was the year I was born, so I did not see this performance, Fauci. Um, Neither did I. 
<laughs> uh, but it's just one of those things where it's like you cannot underestimate how impressive 57 points is in a game. I, I don't know. Is that a pacer career high? Did you say that? Uh, it's it's. Uh, I mean, Jermaine had 55, so I think it's got to be a okay. pacer franchise record in terms of yeah. I'm not not including ABA, just NBA as well. Yeah. So I think Reggie Miller, like during during the early '90s, like he's starting to come out into his zone. Uh, what's really funny is if you guys remember the Rock and Jock celebrity game. I think I posted a video of that not too long ago, maybe in the summer um, last year, if I'm not mistaken. I think last year in the summer I posted a video of Reggie Miller or I shared a video of somebody else that posted it where he played in the MTV Rock and Jock celebrity game uh, in 1982. So I mean, this is Reggie's coming out moment right here, in my opinion. Like he had some other stellar moments. Don't get me wrong, but like scoring 57 points, even if it's against the Charlotte Hornets, who have always been a team that's good, but not great. Right. I think we can say that fairly. They've had some good teams, but not great teams. I, I just feel like um, Reggie just, continues to amaze us and i think the reason we have this one up a little bit higher than some of the other ones that are maybe more iconic is just like this is his career high and i think how many times he scored 40 points per game like or 40 points in a game it just kind of like highlights who he is but at the same time he wasn't a guy that was gonna ever be like kobe or you know or will getting like 80 or plus like i don't mean that was never him but um because i don't think he had I'm trying to say this fairly. I don't think he had the greatest like off the dribble game mm-hmm. as some of those guys. Yeah, he wasn't did. gonna cross someone up or right. anything of that sort. So you're talking about a guy basically strictly coming off screens, yep, hitting shots, and that's that's me like that even makes fifty seven more impressive to me. Every bucket was worked hard for. Yeah. I mean, this is not just simply you know, move, boom, there you go, bucket. Nope. It's like you're really running all around and all these players have talked about how Reggie was one of the most annoying players to guard because you knew if your cardio was not up to where it should be, he was going to make you pay for it. So, you know, so many guys, like I feel like when you think of Richard Hamilton, you think of like Reggie Miller paved the way for guys like Richard Hamilton to be running around screens and coming off of it. Even Steph Curry, all that, like, Reggie was that guy that was going to use screens to the best of his ability and end up getting nearly 60 points out of it. Here's Reggie taking one from long range and knocking it home. Goes for Reggie, lets the three fly. Got it. Reggie Miller with the outside shot as the shot clock was running down. Do do I hear it from you? Boom, baby. Looks not here. That's a three for Reggie. Richardson's got it. Reggie runs the lane, gets the pass, got the points with him alive. Richardson in real deep trouble, got it to Reggie. He's got three on the way, and he's got it again. Inside Reggie, and a great entry pass by George McClough. Steal by Pooh, here's Reggie, got the layup. LaSalle Thompson goes to get it, here is Reggie, and up and good. Reggie Miller changed hands in the sky, and he continues to light this baby up. Order by Reggie. Here's Reggie, baked the three, got in for about a 20-footer, and knocked it home. Reggie Miller is on fire. Career high, isn't it? That is it. Reggie Miller with another three-pointer. Here's Reggie now, working on Kevin Lynch. He got it. He's got it. I'm oh, he's telling got you what, man. Right this is showtime. 
Reggie Miller has hit now 52, and that ties the Pacers' all-time franchise record in the NBA for points in the game at 52. We have seen one of the shows of a lifetime here. This has been great basketball. What a game by Reggie Miller. All right, Fachi, we are back. Number five. Tell us what number five is on the list. And another moment that really doesn't get brought up enough, but it's Reggie scoring 41 versus the Bucks in 2000 round one closeout game. Because you want to talk about closers, this is Reggie dropping 41, 18 of which are in the fourth quarter to close out the Bucks, 96 to 95. Yep, 2000, the same year they end up making that finals run. It, without this game, the Pacers are actually getting eliminated in round one, back when they had a five-game series in round one. So it's not just dropping 41. He helps hold Ray Allen to 6 of 21 shooting, a guy that is commonly regarded as the best shooter of all time. I mean, now you, you talk about Steph Curry, that. But I always took that personally of I was always a Reggie Miller over Ray Allen type of guy. So it was nice to see that this moment comes against Ray Allen in a pivotal game. During a pivotal run. Absolutely, Fachi. I mean, this was a massive game. And I, I think that if anybody remembers this game, uh, I remember it vaguely. Um, I definitely remember more watching the YouTube videos. Just because I believe Travis Best hit the game winner, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. The go-ahead shot. Like, And a lot of people had qualms with Travis Best, right? Like, he was the guy that would over-dribble the ball sometimes and take some bad shots. But... If you go back and listen to what the announcers always had to say, they were like, Larry Bird trusts Travis Best in these moments. He's a better outside shooter, better on-ball creator than Mark Jackson. So that's why he would close with him sometimes over Mark Jackson. And I'm sure for Jackson that had to be tough because Mark Jackson was the starting point guard. But the fact that Reggie Miller dropped 41 in this game, Fachi, on 60% shooting, 18 of those in the fourth quarter, I mean, he just put a stamp on the game. He was not going to let this team uh, you know, get knocked out early because they were too talented. And we know that this was probably the best team in the Eastern Conference that year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and look, the Bucks were also underrated because the Bucs had a, a, they were really close to making the NBA finals in 2001, the following year. So this was a good Bucks team, despite being a round one matchup, but no match for Reggie. That's of course. Shot clock at six. Rose Miller for three. Miller cutting, trying to lose Allen. He did off the screen. Beautifully done. Smith passing on the shot. Miller. Yes. The Pacers with a 51 49 lead. Put Smith back on the floor again and look to score points. Offense, remember, with Dale Davis and Smith in there, and they took the lead. Reggie Miller for three to bring the Pacers within one. The key and Rose up front. It counts and the foul. Reggie Miller really asserting himself right now. He's coming up to go to the foul line. 
on the baseline. Williams rotating over, but Reggie just gets it up over the top of Williams' hand before he can block the challenger. Miller posting on Casella, went down, and Miller hits again. Again, the matchup. Thomas defending on Miller, they clear it out. Reggie for three. Yes! So now I think it's only fair that we move on to number four, and this is where it's going to get really interesting as we came together to give our top four, but um, there's a lot of good games here. So, Fachi, tell the people what number four is. This is the closeout game against the Knicks to go to the NBA Finals, and Reggie specifically drops 34 points to get past the Knicks, a team that it's only fitting if you're going to go to the Finals you know, you got to get by the Knicks because these teams met quite often in the playoffs. And taking the the, play, uh, the Pacers to a place they had not been in the NBA Finals, I mean, this was this was a long-awaited, you know, task for Reggie. And they win the game 93-80. to 80. Reggie's 34. It accounts for, you know, a third of the Pacers' points. I mean, technically a, like a little bit more or whatever. A third of the, place, the Pacers' points. He does it on 10 of 19 shooting. Mm. Five of seven from three. Nine of nine from the free throw line. Oh, yeah. He gives you four steals and a block. And wait, what did he do defensively? He helps hold Allen Houston to five of 15 shooting and four turnovers. What more can you ask out of Reggie here? Not a whole lot. And um, I think this is where it's going to be interesting because NBA.com, this is the Pacers website. Mark Monteith wrote this um, article, um, you know, talking about the Pacers getting to the NBA finals. So, um, you know, I, I thought it was really interesting because Mark Monteith, everybody knows, um, did a great job covering the team. So just for some backstory, you said favored by many to win the NBA championship in the lockout shortened season. They had stumbled badly and controversially in the conference finals. They lost game four in the garden because of Larry Johnson's infamous four point play and were eliminated there in game six when the Knicks attempted 24 more foul shots. They, had done plenty to self-destruct in that series, but felt their title chance had been pickpocketed. So to come back a year later and win a game in the Garden to reach the finals, it was perfect retribution. Miller brought up the topic with his teammates in their huddle before they took the court. If the league called us up and said we'd have one chance to go to the finals, but you have to win one game and we'll let you pick the venue and the team, where would you want to play and who would you want to play, he asked. Miller said the answer was obvious, Madison Square Garden and the Knicks. Miller knew that better than any Miller knew better than anyone. Of course, he was playing in his 18th and as fate would have it, last playoff game in the Garden. His greatest peaks and valleys had come there, and he was going out on top. The Pacers controlled the first half to take a nine-point lead, but faltered badly in the third quarter when they scored just 12 points. Miller scored eight of them, including a three-pointer with 25.2 seconds left to regain a tie. Starting over with 12 minutes ago, the Pacers went on to outscore the Knicks 31 to 18 to win it convincingly. Miller hit three three-pointers from, uh, from a similar spot on the right wing to lead the closing sprint. At one point, he scored 17 of his team's previous 25 points. Larry Bird said, Reggie was awesome tonight. We went to him a little more as the game went on. It seemed that he got stronger down the stretch. So that was from Mark Monteith in 2000. Wow, who would have known that Monteith would still be getting clicks, you know, 22 years <laughs> later. But uh, shout out to Monteith. Though. It really, that article takes you back 
to the actual moment and what a moment it was. Absolutely, Fachi. So, I mean, that was just, I remember that. Do you remember the newspaper that was on the shirt too as well? Oh, yeah. When they had sold that. I know my buddy David has that shirt and I wish I had it. Um, Very fresh. But that uh, that newspaper of the Indianapolis Star with Reggie, I think, hugging Jalen Rose, like just an iconic moment. They're in the blue pinstripes. They just look so good. I mean, anytime you beat the Knicks, especially to get to the next round, especially the finals, was just huge, Fudge. It, it really was. And like like we said, I mean, we really could have made that list just against the Knicks, and it would have been a great list. It would have been. Then let's just say we're not done with the Knicks yet. Reggie Miller got away from Streewell and made him pay as Miller knocks down his seventh point of the first half. Makes some sort of statistical contribution here. Miller, quick shot. Nobody shoots quicker. And Miller on target again. How do you defend that? He has nine points. Somehow tightening up now. Yeah, but it helps when a team starts to stand and only play from the perimeter. Reggie Miller silences the crowd. Reggie Miller gets the first. Just a missing. Uh, but that first half had, did nothing to quelch the, the speculation about the Dixon. When Reggie Miller is coming at you like this, that's when he's most dangerous. Pulls up. Gets a foot behind the line to make his best back to Miller. Open three. Reggie Miller got it. So Miller has eight in the quarter and ties the ball game up. Miller. Kyle's got four fouls. And Miller shoots a three. Reggie Miller. We called for a Miller explosion if Indiana was to win on the road. But with Reggie Miller standing back. Jab step, jab step, two of them, no defense, so much height, so much size. Reggie Miller is a guy that believes he's never in a slump, and he also believes that when you need a big basket made, he's the guy that you should look for. And in a third quarter in which his team struggled to find points, it was Reggie Miller that made just enough to keep him in the ball game. Miller for three. Timeout, Van Gundy. Have you seen enough? The defensive act once more. Indiana's on a 10-0 run. Reggie Miller has scored 14 of Indiana's second half points. And Indiana is up 72-65. Miller against Freewell. Steps back and delivers another three. Reggie Miller with another dagger. Darting back behind the three-point line and knocking it down. He has 26 against the team. He says he hates the team they had to beat to get to the finals. So the final score, 93-80. to 80. The Indiana Pacers on their way to the NBA Finals for the first time in their history. Alex, here's where things get very interesting. Our top three is very interchangeable. And this is where we're going to need the listeners to chime in to see if maybe they would have done things a little bit differently. But let's get into number three. And that's 25 points in the fourth quarter against the Knicks in 1994. Now, let's take you back through this. He's chirping Spike Lee the whole time. Reggie erupts for 25 in the fourth. Gives the Pacers a 3-2 lead in the series. And the Pacers are nearly on the verge of the NBA Finals. 1994. I mean, just truly, I mean, you, you thought it was going to happen. But let me take you back a little bit further. Miller outscores the Knicks 25-16 to in the fourth. Reggio races a 12-point deficit and sets a playoff record at the time with five threes made in the fourth. That mm. was unheard of back then. Finishes the game dropping 39 points, and it's the infamous game 
where he gives the choke signal to Spike Lee. That moment will forever live. And you can even hear the announcers when you when you watch it back, look, look at this shot. And Reggie's hitting everything. That's how hot the man was that night. This game was the most infamous where Spike Lee and Reggie start getting into a taunting match, Fachi. Um, Reggie was always somebody that needed to find that extra motivation. Mm -hmm. And Spike Lee was the perfect antagonist to to get this going. And I'm sure many of our listeners here have watched the 30 for 30 uh, documentary on Reggie versus the Knicks, right? Winning time. It, it, it's it's really an impressive here, Fachi. Winning time is that? Yes, that's the name yep. of it. So, I mean, we all remember Reggie giving the choke sign, right? Um, I think we also remember the uh, the little grab of the crotch area. Yep, yep. <laughs> with some uh, with some vulgar words that he said, some profanity there that we won't say on the pod because it was uh, not the greatest. So, I, I think that it made Spike Lee public enemy number one for all of the New York Knicks fans because. You know, the last thing you want to do is give Reggie something to 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 you know to go off of it and uh, and to be fueled by. So by him doing this botch, it, it definitely made it more interesting and more intriguing. And I just want to say, it, it did. This is just the beginning, so I think that's why it's so important because there were so many more moments where Spike and Reggie got into it, and and I love listening to those stories. But uh, you know, Spike Lee hated Reggie Miller at this time. <laughs> I really, really did. I mean, 20 plus years later, I mean, basically 20 plus, it's 18 years. Um, we're talking about these guys are still linked together. I mean, they, they really are. It, it, they'll do commercials together. I mean, it's always like there's a lot of people that might not even know that Spike Lee was this amazing director. They might think of him as the guy that was heckling Reggie because it's just like it was that big of a moment. And, and I think that you can make an argument this moment could be higher you and i went back and forth but then that also means that the top two moments are that impressive for reggie yeah. miller so Miller for three reggie miller getting the room and was able to knock down the three-pointer the next lead by 11 miller in the back one here's miller yes that's a three for reggie miller 17 points for miller and he appears to be fine and he will be able to come back into the game Mark? Reggie Miller is fine. Once again, hits from downtown. He has 20 points. Dale Davis. There's Miller. Swings away and hits. Reggie Miller is on fire. He has 22, and Indiana has both. Major factor. Miller open again. His foot on the line. That's a two-pointer. And Reggie Miller in an animated discussion. Talk to him or first. Hubert Davis or anybody on the mix. Reggie Miller giving the choke side to Spike Lee. Spike is appealing to the official Dan Crawford. I don't think that Spike realizes. Passer not getting low enough below the free. Look at this shot. And he hits it. It's a three-pointer for Reggie Miller, who again is staring in the direction of, yes, that man. The Pacers lead 75 to 72 with 739 remaining in the fourth quarter. And good defense by there. You're playing a man. Five minutes into the fourth. Here's Miller again. Miller's in his last four shots. Here's Miller for three. Yes. Oh, Pat Riley calls for time. Just an astounding 
shooting exhibition being put on by Reggie Miller. Tonight, 6 of 11 from three-point land. Five for five from downtown in this fourth quarter. Miller pops and hits again. 35 for Reggie Miller. 14 of 26 from the field. 21 of the 35 have come here in the fourth quarter. The playoff record most points in a quarter is 29. It's a seven-point Pacer lead, and that is the final score as Reggie Miller spikes it to conclude matters. He finishes with 39 points, 25 in the fourth quarter, only four away from an NBA playoff record that is held by Eric Sleepy Floyd. 14 for 26, 5 for 5 from three-point range in the fourth quarter, and Reggie is with them on. All right, thanks, Mark. Reggie, what a performance you put on here tonight. 37 points, 23 in the fourth quarter. You guys really came out ready to play. No, we didn't come out ready to play. You we finished, <laughs> we finished, finished very well. Finished very well. Uh, mentally, we were into the game, but, uh, you know, you got to give New York credit. They came out hard. Uh, they wanted to keep home court advantage, but all we wanted to do was stick around, hang around. If we got it close, we know there were going to be a lot of heavy arms over there, and we did a good job of doing that. Team showed a lot of confidence by coming through because the Knicks, the way they started, looked like they were going to blow you right out of the gym. Well, like I said, they came out with high intensity. We came out very flat, but like I said, we just, we just wanted to hang around. A lot of guys were tight, and I couldn't make any of my uh, early jumpers. I just wanted to stay kind of in the mix, and things just fell for us. What about Spike Lee? Spike who? <laughs> we will see you on Friday. All right. All right. Good Thank luck you. to you. Getting in at number two, the game winner against Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls in the 1998 Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, Reggie's got countless game winners, but this game winner, it's a little bit more special. He's being defended by the GOAT himself, MJ. Comes around his screen, pushes off MJ. Yeah, it's a push off, but you know what? It was just, it made it that much cooler that Reggie didn't care, catches it nails the three and the way that he parades around like a like a young kid you could see the joy in him jumping up and down and up and down he can't believe it I mean there's still even a little bit of time left so he doesn't want to get ahead of himself but he can't help himself and Reggie ends up tying up the series at two games apiece during MJ's infamous last dance Chicago Bulls tour Man, this is probably the moment for me that sticks out the most of any because I remember watching these with my dad at six years old, Fachi, uh, or almost six years old, I should say. I was six later that year. Um, but I remember we recorded these games on VHS, and I, I love watching those back with him growing up and just being able to, like, really see what happens. So I think this is what, like, I loved about it was, like, Reggie even talked about this, like, he forced the officials to make a call and they did it mm -hmm. right because yep. he shoves oh like yeah. he shoves him to the ground pretty much michael jordan like not really but i mean he hit him hard like boom i'm gonna get open you know no matter what and he catches and shoots it like look if miller misses this shot this is like huge Fachi. they go down three one it, it's it's massive right um and this was a team that was like the best pacers team ever assembled but you're talking about one of the greatest dynasties ever assembled in Chicago. So, like, here you go. You got, like, some really tough teams. And, I mean, there's people that believe the Pacers would have beaten the Jazz had they gotten to the NBA Finals that year. Um, I think it would have been a really tough matchup. But I would have loved to have seen it. But, oh, yeah. I mean, this one to me was just so important because, like you said, 
that moment of Reggie Miller spinning just back and forth with his arms going crazy, you know, like, I can't believe I just hit that. I can't believe we're in this moment. Uh, he would like kind of lost his composure there a little bit because he, did. he didn't really do that a lot. Right. Yeah. I mean, he would celebrate after he hit one, but there was still time on the clock. And if people don't recall, Flachi, Michael Jordan was this close. As I mean, close as, as close as you can as, get. Exactly. To hitting a buzzer beater <laughs> to wipe away this moment. Okay. And we talked about this off air. This moment could have been wiped away in history if MJ hits that buzzer beater. So I think this is what makes it so much more important. Like this Pacers team felt they could beat that Bulls team. And if you watch the last dance, Reggie Miller talked about it. They really felt like they had their number. And it just goes to show, like, if you watch the entire series, like, it was incredibly competitive. Um, and, you know, the Pacers had a good chance to win it, but they just fell short. But um, I think this moment, though, just it, it always lasts in my memory because it's somebody different than the Knicks, and it's going up against the greatest player to ever play the game. So that's why, to me, it sticks out a little bit more. You know, it definitely sticks out. And you wish the Pacers would have ran into the Bulls more. I mean, maybe you don't just because of how dominant Chicago was. But you would have loved more Reggie versus MJ moments. Because one thing that no one could say about Reggie is that, you know, he backed down MJ. Oh, no. He was always prepared to bring his A game against uh, MJ. We didn't put it on this list, but he ends up getting in a complete scuffle with MJ years earlier because Reggie was, you know, gave him a shove and him and MJ go at it. And then even years ago, uh, they, um, Reggie talks about if MJ had pursued Reggie to join those Bulls teams, he would have cursed them off and said, no shot. And that's what I loved. It was just like Reggie didn't care that MJ was the greatest. He wanted to beat the greatest. And on that day, he did. Yeah, and that, and that's what we love about Reggie is the competitiveness, the competitive spirit. So definitely have to give props here to Reggie uh, for the game winner over MJ. And this one was this is why it was tough for me because the twenty five points in the fourth quarter to me, like hitting, scoring that many points in one quarter is just like so much more difficult than hitting one three mm-hmm. over somebody. But I think the magnitude of who he hit the three over yep, exactly. made it a little bit easier for me to put it above it, but it was still tough. Who coaches on Smiths? Jordan is on best. Harper's on Miller. McKee gets it in the middle for the win. Like he's ready to cry. 
look at Reggie once again. He got away with a little bump on Michael. He got really open. I can't believe he got that open on that play, knowing they're probably going to go to Reggie. But where's the limp? No. He forgot he's got a bad ankle. What too much adrenaline flowing through your body. That's what you say, I love this game. That's what it's really all about right there. Our number one, I think everyone's going to guess what it is at this point. Um, I think so. I was telling you that I could actually see this lower you did. Uh, on my list, and I felt like I was torn between the last two that we had being above it. But um, I still think that it was really interesting. And, and just just talking to you off air, like I agreed, like the number one moment, like I highly doubt it ever gets and ever happens again. I mean, that's why it's yeah. number one. And that's why there's a website <laughs> named after Ivachi. Exactly. There's a website named after it. I think when you talk about which moment is, is most associated with Reggie Miller, I believe it is our number one. And that's is eight points in 8.9 seconds against the Knicks. It's something that is truly remarkable. Like we, like we mentioned, might never be done again. The score is 105 to 99 with 18.7 seconds left. Reggie catches the inbound and nails a three. All right. Basically takes two and a half seconds. Next, he steals the inbound pass from Anthony Mason. Has the presence of mind, as they love to say in winning time, to go behind the three-point line and hits it again. Just like that, a six-point lead has been evaporated. At that point, the Knicks are, are frazzled. You got John Starks going to the free-throw line, similar to Richard Jefferson we talked about earlier. Starks misses both free-throws. Reggie then grabs the rebound, gets fouled, and what does he do? He nails his 13th and 14th free throw of the game to solidify the game. The win scores the final eight points. He does it in an 8.9 second span. Alex, this moment, it will always live on. People try and talk about Tracy McGrady doing 13 points in 35 seconds. That's this pretty is, impressive. This, it's very impressive. This is 8 and 8.9. Whew. This is quite a moment. <laughs> yeah, so sportsillustrated.com um, has a really interesting article. I'm going to read a little bit of, of it here for you to give some context. So it says, he was the best player on the floor for the first 46 minutes, but then, as if following a script, Rick Smith stepped aside and left the unforgettable final scene to Indiana Pacer teammate Reggie Miller. There was, after all, no one else who could play the part. When it comes to going one-on-one against the city of New York, no one does it better than Miller. Smith's, the Pacers center, had played the game of his postseason life before fouling out with 140 remaining in Indy's, in Indiana's improbable 107-105 victory over the New York Knicks in Sunday's Game 1 of their Eastern Conference semifinal series. He had scored a playoff career high 34 points and held Patrick Ewing, the Knicks' all-star center, to just 11. He had kept the Pacers in the game, and he had set the stage for the most stunning comeback since John Travolta's. Then he went to the bench and watched New York take a six-point lead with 18.7 seconds to go. It was Miller time. We were pretty down, said Smiths afterward, but it's never over till it's over. I've seen weirder things happen. Well, he has been playing with Miller for seven years now, so maybe he has seen weirder things, but Miller's theatric Sunday were witnessed by millions of people, most of whom, no doubt, are still trying to figure out what they saw. Miller made two three-pointers in the span of 3.1 seconds to tie the score at 105-105. After the Knicks, John Starks missed two free throws. Miller won the game by hitting two foul shots with 7.5 seconds remaining, and he did it all while yapping at Nick Court jester Spike Lee and gloating in the faces of the stunned New York players. 
One of these days, Miller really should learn to come out of his shell. Before he even left the floor, Miller suggested to the NBC postgame audience that the Pacers might sweep the Knicks in this series. And as he ran down the tunnel to the Indiana locker room, he shouted, choke artist, choke artist. In the end, it was hard to argue with him. Nick Ford, Anthony Mason set up Miller's game-tying three-pointer with the errant inbound pass. Whereupon Miller, demonstrating extraordinary uh, aplomb, dashed behind the three-point stripe and in one motion plunged a dagger through New York's heart. The Starks clanked, then Starks clanked his free throws. Ewing missed a 10-footer with 9.9 seconds left, and point guard Greg Anthony fell down while taking the ball toward the hoop in the final seconds. Just magical. I mean, <laughs> you and I went back and forth saying this could have went first, second, third. I don't know, but there's just something where it, it just feels like what's most associated with Reggie. And this is exactly where I mentioned it before. I want to hear from our listeners to say, is this the right moment? For number one. Miller for three. And he got it. Reggie Miller with a clutch tray. And it's 105-102. And a steal. Miller retreats to the three-point line. in the final 32 seconds taunting Spike Lee and 19,000 at Madison Square Garden Tom, just an unexpected turn of events there in the last minute what was going through your mind? You knew you had to get a quick quick couple threes Well, we knew we had to go through We were down by six If we got a quick three on that we knew they had no timeouts We had to pressure the ball uh, We overplayed Anthony Mason choked and threw it to me I hit a three and we almost cost the game when Sam you know, made that foul, but John Starks choked. We came up big. Reggie, maybe the difference between this year's team and last year's team, this team never gave up hope during the last portions of this game, even though it looked like you were on the losing end. Last year, I'm not going to lie, coming in here for the Eastern Conference Final, we didn't think we could win. We feel we could sweep this team. This is for you, Indiana. We're coming back. Yes! I think we've talked enough about Reggie for this episode. So thank you all for listening and being a part of this journey. Let us know your top 10, your top five, whatever you want to share with us. Let us know your favorite Reggie Miller moment over on Twitter, Instagram, wherever they can find us. And if you need those handles and those names, Fachi, let the people know where they can find us at. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F a C C I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast where we have all of our player interviews up there so far, except the Isaiah Jackson one because the video was messed up during that recording. But all the other ones are up there, so check that out. But at the end of the day, if Reggie Miller is the greatest player to ever don a Pacers uniform, Say these three words. Let's go, Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going.
your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We 